welcome to the Forest Path Podcast, a podcast sharing the teachings of awakened meditation masters of the modern era. These translated teachings have been made into a podcast format for your convenience, so that you can download teachings direct to your mobile device via your favourite podcasting app and listen to the Dhamma wherever you are. This episode is a talk given by the Thai Forest Meditation Master, Ajahn Teet, and it's titled Reflection on Nibbana. In this Dhamma talk, Ajahn Teet reflects upon the profound peace and infinite benefit of the highest possible human achievement, Nibbana. This teaching was translated by Stephen Towler and was made available for free distribution in the publication Words of the Master, which was published in 2023. You can find links to the original text in the show notes to this episode. May you all benefit from hearing this gift of Dhamma. Reflection on Nibbana by Ajahn Tet Upasamanu Sati is the recollection of the tranquility of Nibbana. Some amongst us may think this is too lofty an ambition. The Lord Buddha was not able to display his tranquility, so we are not able to gauge the subtlety of his level of peacefulness right up to Nibbana. He did, however, bid us to reflect on the serenity of Nibbana as follows. We must all endeavour to become peaceful, to be aware of complete freedom from all objects, everything. If you grasp the meaning of this right now, you will reach Nibbana. Whatever happens is fine. It's up to you whether you reach Nibbana or not. However, I implore you to recollect peacefulness because recollecting peacefulness makes the mind rock solid. This is what the Lord Buddha meant when he beseeched us to recollect in this way. If your reflection is not peaceful, confusion will set in. When we are calm, but not as calm as the Lord Buddha, we experience a fraction of his Nibbana. That said, we are happy with this which is enough for the time being. This is just freedom from Aramana, the six sense objects. It is peacefulness by temporary relief from the five Nivarana, hindrances. This kind of tranquility is still associated with greed, ill will and delusion. The defilements are plentiful. When we are peaceful in this manner, We have no idea of the depth of our tranquillity. But this is still good. The Lord Buddha still referred to this as being tranquil. Lord Buddha said to reflect on Nibbana as your object. The peace of Nibbana is probably like this. Nibbana is void of greed, hatred and delusion. It is that moment and no other when one is freed from greed, ill-will and delusion, that real peacefulness and tranquility arises. This is what the Lord Buddha meant by Nibbāna. 
This is why he implored one to ponder on tranquility. Nibbana is hard to make sense of, but we believe in our own peacefulness. We know we can achieve at least some level of calmness. Even if we cannot reach the same level of tranquility as the Lord Buddha, we may be able to come close to Nibbana. If you can sustain peacefulness, your reflection on Nibbana will be sustained. If your peacefulness is fleeting, your reflection on Nibbana will be fleeting. The Lord Buddha's Nibbana was truly the pinnacle of tranquility. His only thoughts were Nibbana. He had no thoughts of kilesa, defilements. Any thoughts he did have were about tranquility, and that's it. Typically, the citta tends to think constantly. But sati, mindfulness, keeps the mind protected, allowing the citta to be observed at every level. The Lord Buddha's citta did not stray outside its boundaries. It was under his control. It was not a source of kalesa. All thoughts were equanimous. It is apposite for us all to emulate him, at least somewhat, even if we only achieve a tiny amount of peacefulness. We will accept this for the time being, and we will guard this tranquility so that it becomes solid. We will then see for ourselves that, if peacefulness is sustained for long periods, great tranquility and happiness will be experienced. The same is true for Nibbana. If the mind is calm, both Nibbana and unwholesome states can be teachers. If the mind is disturbed, then neglect is set in. Hell and Nibbana are at opposite ends of the spectrum, polar opposites. The battle between them is what it is all about. Wherever we come from, after we are born, we are met with nothing but a vast array of confusion, such as countless thoughts and imaginings. When we get tranquility, even just a little bit, we feel relaxed and comfortable. This state is worth preserving, making it a permanent fixture of one's mind. That way, it will be for our own happiness, and happiness is what everyone around the world desires. When this level of happiness arises, we must look after it. Things are easy to seek but difficult to maintain. With regard to this happiness, those who will obtain it will do so moment by moment. Those that do not, won't. Maintaining this level of happiness for long periods is the hardest thing to do. Why is this? Well, for a start, our mood is constantly changing. Standing, walking, sitting or lying down, speaking, chatting, eating, Every activity, it is all about what contacts the ayatana, the senses. The chitta chases after what makes contact with the ayatana, and this is what makes maintenance difficult. If someone is experienced and masterful in this practice, they will know its ins and outs. They will be able to keep pace with everything they know and see, no matter how these things arise. The surveying chitta will be dhamma. Thinking will be dhamma. 
imagining and formulating will be Dhamma. If you know what is going on, it is all Dhamma, everything. One who practices will see their own virtue and their own vice right there. What is Dhamma and what is worldly will be seen right there. If your thinking is worldly, everything becomes about the world. There is no sati to cocoon and protect the chitta. On the other hand, if your focus is on Dhamma, you will follow cause and effect constantly, and that focus will remain as long as you wish. Thinking will not exceed boundaries. You can withdraw into this stillness, this peace, at any time. This can, can be compared with raising cattle. The farmer feeds them in a wide pasture. He climbs a tree to observe each one. He knows the location of them all. In the evening, he brings them into the barn and locks the barn door. Their owner then sleeps soundly because he n does not have to mind them. This is it, Upasamanusati, recollection of the peace of Nibbana as the object. No matter what the Lord Buddha's object was, we first need to settle for the limited peacefulness that has been detailed here. If you do manage to reach the same object as the Lord Buddha, you will know this for yourself. No one can tell you or instruct you that this is the case. You cannot make a comparison. Whoever experiences this will know for themselves. If you think this is going to be as you learn from the text and manuals, you will realize that reality is something else. However, when you have studied, then doing a comparison is not wrong. When you do this, you realize that actually there is not the slightest difference. All practitioners want to achieve increased levels of practice. They want these stages to be firmly established. They want to achieve Sotapanna, Sakadagami, Anagami. They can close their eyes and momentarily envision this. However, when they withdraw from samadhi, they find that various kalesa still trouble them. The kalesa are all still there, just as they were in the beginning. The Lord Buddha, on the other hand, did not engage with the kalesa once he had seen the truth. For him, every kalesa was expunged. He said, Asotapana is like one who has fallen into the stream of Nibbana and taken a vague look, but has not reached Nibbana. Asakadagami has gotten closer and sees Nibbana much clearer, and Anagami sees it at an even closer distance. They see it vividly. It is only clearer when the stage of Arahant is reached. At this stage, Nibbana is seen with absolute clarity. The Arahant sees clearly that it is following the Dhamma that has made him or her an Arahant, without the need to believe in or listen to anyone else. They see everything is in perfect alignment with what the Lord Buddha taught. Most people would like to be Sotapanna, Sakadagami, Anagami or Arahant. People think that if they forsake some Kalesa, they will be a Sotapanna. If they forsake some more, they will be a Sakadagami, 
or an arahant just like the Lord Buddha, but they do not abandon the Kalesa as he did. Instead, they collect them while extolling the Lord Buddha. How on earth will they reach the Lord Buddha? Even at this stage, they still do not want to give up craving. As the ancients said, those who want, don't eat. Those who are eating, don't want. That concludes the Dhamma teaching, Reflection on Nibbana, by the Venerable Arjan Tate. If you'd like to hear more talks by Arjan Tate and other meditation masters of the forest tradition of Theravada Buddhism, subscribe to the Forest's Path podcast using your favorite podcast app. This teaching by Arjan Tate was translated by Stephen Taylor and produced by Upeka Ptyltd and is made available for free distribution. According to the tradition, Dharma should not be sold like goods in the marketplace. Permission to reproduce this publication in any way for free distribution as a gift of Dhamma is hereby granted and no further permission need be obtained. However, when using, copying or in any way reproducing material in this publication, the source must be cited and fully acknowledged. Reproduction and or distribution in any way for commercial gain or fundraising is strictly prohibited. You can find out more about the Forest Path podcast by going to the link in the description below this episode where you can find information about previous episodes and teachers as well as English translations in text. The Forest Path podcast is part of the Everyday Dhamma network. If you go to everydaydhamma.net you can discover more about three other podcasts on the network also. This podcast is produced and narrated by Sol Hannah. If you like these audio resources that I'm making available for free and convenient podcast format, you may want to become a supporter or even a member of the Everyday Dhamma Network on the Ko-Fi Creators platform. There are links in the show notes below this episode. Thank you for listening. May you all experience insight and peace.